Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, 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 what up, what up, though? You are listening to I'm Probably Right, and I am Reggie Watkins. Thank you. Make sure you rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but don't be hating. My man Kevin Cleland's running the show, engineering, producing. Kevin, what's up? What's cracking? Oh, hey, Reg. I am uh, still licking my wounds from your 49ers putting a thumping on the Rams, and now I got to deal with the Cowboys putting a thumping on us. So I'm licking my wounds, but yeah. I'm all right. Uh, it's okay, man. It's okay. I understand. I mean, you know, we, we put a lot of stock into these football teams. They, 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 uh, they, they make our moods fluctuate, and they can make us have a great week, a bad week, and for you, it's been a bad week. <laughs> but it's okay. Promise of a new day is coming. I mean, you know, the Rams, who they play right? They got the Panthers. That's some good, that's some good home cooking right there. Y'all can bust them up, feel good about yourself. But uh, I'm, I'm probably right. Make sure you find us wherever you find your podcast, uh, wherever you listen to this, keep coming there to get it. Go to the believe.com podcast network. That's believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, you know, uh, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, tune in anywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you find us. This week, we are talking about, of course, Cowboys, Eagles, because y'all love the Cowboys and they get ratings. So we're going to talk about Cowboys and Eagles. We're going to give you some Reggie's picks. You know what? You know how we do. Last week, we took a beat, but this week, we coming back. Energize, baby. I got you. I got you. But first up. This week, I wanted to touch on a subject that's near and dear to my heart because I've been in this battle for some time, Kevin. Uh, I've been in this war with people for a long time. And that war is the war of Geno Smith. Kevin, I don't know if you know this, but I have been a Geno Smith apologist, not even an apologist, just a Geno Smith defender since he got into the NFL. And how did he get into the NFL? Let me just tell you. I don't know if you you, you remember, Kevin, if you were watching college football. I don't know if you're a big college football fan. But Geno Smith played for the University of West Virginia, okay, West Virginia University, right? Uh, Came in as a freshman, barely played, uh, didn't, you know, get anything done. Comes in his sophomore year, starts 13 games, Plays 13 games, 2,700 yards, 24 TDs, 7 interceptions. And we started seeing Geno Smith on the map because this was one of the brothers playing ball, playing quarterback at a time when, you know I mean, it was it, it was getting more brothers out there throwing the ball, but they had gone from, hey, we want, now if you're going to play quarterback and be a brother, you better be able to run your ass off. And Geno Smith wasn't out there running. Geno, Geno Smith was out there slinging that rock, Okay. So he comes off his sophomore year to his junior year, jumps from 2,700 uh, yards passing, 24 touchdowns, seven interceptions, to his senior, his junior year, 4,300 yards, 31 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Okay? His senior year. 4,200 yards, threw for 100 less, right? His completion percentage, and let me just tell you this, completion percentage rose every year he played there. 42 touchdowns to six interceptions his senior year. Supposed to be a first-round draft pick. Everybody was talking about he's going to be a first-round draft pick. Some clown writes a scathing scouting report on Geno Smith. Okay? Scathing. Says that basically gives you all the black quarterback tropes that we've known 
forever. Basically saying Geno Smith doesn't study tape and he's lazy. When that was the furthest thing from the truth about the dude. But once it's written in paper and it gets circulated around these circles, it becomes law. That this dude don't study. So he drops out of the first round. The only quarterback taken in that first round was a du- another black dude who had no business being taken in the first round. And that was E.J. Manuel, who was not good at Florida State, but for some reason got talked up into being there over Geno Smith, who had had such a higher pedigree than E.J. Manuel. Okay? Second round pick by the Jets. He gets there, doesn't get to play in his first year. He plays about five games, I want to say. The next year he comes in, uh, he gets to start his his uh, sophomore season as, as a pro. 13 touchdowns, 21 interceptions. Not good, right? Really his first year starting, getting a chance to play. The next year he comes back, he throws, his, his completion percentage is up. His yards are all up. Touchdown to interception is one-to-one. He changes, he, he, he grasps, goes from 13 to 21, to 14 to 12. Okay? Follow me here, right? His third year, he comes to the league, comes back to the league, looks like things are going well, plays well the first couple of games of the season. What happens? He gets sucker punched by his own a backup linebacker on the defense over a $600 gambling debt between the two. Linebacker is subsequently kicked off the team and has never been heard from again. Geno Smith somehow gets blamed for a, a player sucker punching him, breaking his jaw, knocking him out for a myriad of games. Ryan Fitzpatrick comes in, plays well, and keeps the job, right? Understandably so. A guy is coming back off of a broken jaw to play football where his jaw will probably be broken again and he's probably not psychologically ready to take a hit in the head. Right. So Geno Smith bounces around, bounces around the league, stays in the league, though, stays in the league as a backup, winds up in Seattle, getting to back up Russell Wilson for all these years and keep him in the league. And even at Geno's early, early years, I always had arguments with people, friends, uh, other fans, people in the, the Internet, you know what I'm saying, about whether or not Geno Smith was good. And my contention always for Geno Smith was we never gave him a chance to find out. We never gave him a chance to find we, we never gave him a chance to find out, which is the overarching thing that we had been seeing for black quarterbacks forever. And I know people who listen to me and say, why are you always harping on this black quarterback thing? Because it's near and dear to me because I was a black quarterback. I was a black, I was a young black kid who wanted to play quarterback when I was a kid and Pop Warner. Cats wouldn't let me play. Why? Because the coach's son uh, was playing quarterback. Never mind, I was a better thrower, better athlete than that dude, but the coach's son always got to play quarterback over me, right? Um, I finally got a chance to play when some, some <laughs> this, uh, I, forget his, I forget his name, but this old white dude was like, damn it, boy, you could throw that ball. I'm putting you back there. And he put me back there, and I played quarterback from my seventh grade in Pop Warner all the way through high school, right? Quarterback was all I ever did because somebody gave me a chance and show, and let me show them what I could do. And that was my whole gripe for Geno Smith. I have friends, even black friends, to this day. People still talking trash about him. We're going to get to to this day. But 
back when Geno was just coming in, people killing him because he threw 21 interceptions. And my argument was always, did you see Peyton Manning? Do you see him his first two years in the league? He looked god-awful. But we gave him the benefit of the doubt, and we let him work through it. Eli Manning looked awful at the beginning of his career, got a little better, and looked terrible in the middle of his career at times, leading the league at interceptions. But guess what? We gave him the benefit of the doubt. We let him go. We let him keep trying this thing. Josh Allen, if you looked at Josh Allen his first two years in the league, you and if you looked at him the way you look at Geno Smith, you would have thrown this dude in the trash because he looked awful, but they gave him the chance to keep going. And we never gave that to Geno Smith, which and in Geno, it's not just Geno Smith. It's tons of black quarterbacks who had come through the league who never got a chance to just be average. Give them a chance to show. Let them show that they're average, right? But Geno Smith came in, and he was supposed to be a world beater right away. He had to be a world beater right away. And he wasn't. And he got an altercation that that derailed his career because he got his jaw broken, and no one ever gave him a real shot again. Hell, in, in New York, he got to play one time. They, they, they benched Eli Manning for Geno Smith, and the world lost their mind as if Eli Manning was Tom Brady and Peyton Manning wrapped in one. And how dare we, we bench this guy? Bench the dude who's, been, who's led the league in interceptions for a few years and was playing like garbage. And so Geno gets shuttled out of there and goes to Seattle, where he sits behind Russ Wilson strategically because, <laughs> you know, Pete ain't no dummy. Pete Carroll knows if I got this black dude starting here and he starts to play bad, people going to call for the backup. But if I got a black dude back there, they might let this little dude learn a little bit. They might let Russell Wilson just chill a little bit. And so he sits behind Russell Wilson for years and years and years. And now he's finally gotten his chance to play. And Geno is out here showing people what he was doing in West Virginia. This cat, right now, he's in the top 10 of every quarterback statistic that we care about. Passing yards, uh, uh, passing yards, touchdowns, interceptions, passer rating. He's number three in passer rating. Number three in QBR. That's Geno Smith, the guy that people forever said was trash, said he's no good. That guy is getting a chance to play, and he's got Seattle just, they're, they're an average NFL team, and he's playing good on an average NFL team, making them somewhat viable. That's all anybody ever asked for from that dude. All anybody ever I wanted for him was to let him be average and show you that he's terrible. We never got a chance to see that he was no good. But now we're seeing that, damn it, he's actually really good. There's a reason he was able to throw for all those yards at West Virginia. There's a reason why people were saying he should have been a first-round pick until some numbskull put out a, a, a racist trope about the dude that made him fall in the draft. So... Anybody out there that still got their Geno Smith want to talk trash? Geno, I had, I had people in my group chat who I don't even like, right? Talking about Geno going to be selling Philly cheesesteaks by the end of the year. Geno sucks. He's going to be doing it. And now those same people got nothing to say when Geno is balling. Balling. No, 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 no mea culpa. No, I was, I was wrong. I'm a hater. Because that's all you are. Just say what it is. You were hating on this man, and he is proving you wrong. Gino, keep balling. I'm with you. 
I hope, even though they're in my division with the Niners, I hope and pray that they win games, except for when they play us. And Geno shows up and shows out. And, and, and for right now, he is making Pete Carroll look like a damn prophet because Pete said, nah, Russ, we go ahead and let you go. We're going to rock with this dude. And this dude is playing head and shoulders above the dude that's out there in Denver. Gino for president. I'm probably right. We'll be back after the break. All right. So there's, there's, some, there's some great games on the schedule this week, Kevin. Like, um, you know, I mean, we got who, Bills, Chiefs. Um, you know, we got the Ravens, the Giants, which people want to make this a big time game because the Giants are four and one, but they're the worst four and one team I've ever seen. Um, and then we got the game that America really gives a damn about, and that is Eagles Cowboys. Eagles are are the only undefeated team left in the NFL, and the Cowboys are, I believe, four and one. Four, four and one. Uh, on the back of Cooper Rush, who is 5-0 and in his five starts in the NFL. And, Kevin, they are turning Cooper Rush into Jimmy G. Do you, do you know? I've seen it happen. I, I, can, I see this has all the Jimmy G starter kit. Dude comes in, ain't making no real mistakes. Only thing that Cooper Rush ain't got that Jimmy G had was Jimmy G didn't get sp- uh, sprinkled with that magic I sat behind Tom Brady for, for a year, dust, or two years, dust, right? Because when you sit behind Tom Brady, them dudes all got to eat. Everybody that was a Brady backup, for some reason, people thought if you was around Tom Brady, you was going to come there and give them some Tom Brady magic, and they paid you, and then you showed them that Tom Brady is just one of one, okay? There ain't no magic coming off of Tom Brady to none of these dudes, and Jimmy Garoppolo is evidence of that. That is just a guy, and Cooper Rush is just a guy, but for some reason— People want to make this a story about, man, they they winning. You got to play the hot hand. And I always hate that argument. You got to play the hot hand. No, man, there ain't no such thing as a hot hand. You were made, You in your mind have decided that you are going to stick with this thing because for some reason it's got this kind of mojo around it or it's got this magic around it. There ain't no magic, man. It's just things are happening the way that they're supposed to go when you have a great defense and you have a team that is not turning the ball over. You win games. You win games against bad teams, okay? So let's go over the Cowboys' wins, right? They lost to Tom Brady, the first game with Dak, right? And they lost to, to, to the Buccaneers. They did the same thing last year, lost to the Buccaneers. This was a closer game, and Dak threw for 400-some-odd yards when he shouldn't have been. He should have been throwing less, and they should have been running more, and they probably win that game, but they didn't. This time, they come out, and they are throwing the ball all over the place. They can't run the ball because Tampa Bay actually has a really good defense, but the Cowboys even is really good too, and so they lose with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers only scoring 19 points. Dak gets hurt in the game, Cooper Rush comes in, and they beat the Bengals, who were not that good. The Bengals are, are an okay team. They had a magical run to the Super Bowl. That does not mean they're a great team. That means everything broke right for them at the right time. Dallas Cowboys beat them because their defense is out of this world, and they have Michael Parsons, who is a game-changer on that side of the ball. They beat the New York Giants with Daniel Jones, right? (laughs) They win that game, barely. They beat the Washington Commanders, which, duh. And then they beat the Rams, who, I'm sorry, Kevin, but like we've talked about this, 
just because you went to the Super Bowl last year doesn't mean it carries over to the next year, right? Things happen. People get lost. People get displaced. The Rams do not have Von Miller on that defense. So now when everybody's doubling and triple teaming Aaron Donald, there's nobody else out there who you are afraid of. That So now they can triple and double team Aaron Donald because who else is going to make a play one-on-one? When you had Von Miller, now you got to worry about Von. So Von is killing one-on-one matchups. Then Aaron Donald is sitting there. Yo, I'll take the double teams because Vaughn's going to eat. If they double Vaughn, then Aaron Donald's going to eat. Then you got Jalen Ramsey back there as well, who I think he's a, a really good corner. But you know what makes corners even better? When you've got a pass rush. When you've got a real pass rush and people who get home on the regular, those defenders don't got to defend that long. And they can take chances because they take a chance. But most likely, their chance is going to pay off because somebody's in the quarterback's face. That's not happening right now. On offense, the Rams' offensive line is boo-boo. They can't run the ball. They don't, They can't run the ball at all. They lost their best offensive lineman. Matt Stafford's been dealing with a bad arm. And they lost OBJ, who, Kevin, do you remember when I told you all this last year, right? I do. I said, the Rams are going to be great when they stop forcing the ball to Cooper Cup and letting OBJ be a focal. Cooper Cup is amazing, but I'm telling you, and this is what I've been saying, a lot of those stats are empty calories. You're just forcing the ball to this guy. So, of course, he's an NFL receiver. He better catch all those passes. He better get all these yards, right? If you're giving, if you're, if you're targeting him 15 times a game, he's going to have great numbers. But that was not a winning formula for them last year. You have to have somebody else that makes the defense play honest. OBJ is an extraordinary receiver in the slot, on the outside, wherever you want to put that guy. And when they brought him in there and they stopped forcing the ball to Cooper Cup, you saw the offense change. And they got to the Super Bowl and they won. Hell, they were winning the Super Bowl handily when OBJ was in there. He got hurt and then it turned into a tight game. They don't have OBJ right now. They brought in Allen Robinson. I'm turning this into a I'm just I'm just giving you the context of what the what what what's going on with the Cowboys, right? They beat a not good team. The Rams just aren't a good team. They're not the same team as last year. So now you've got the Cowboys coming to the Eagles, 5-0. and And I'm, I'm still not 100% sold on the Eagles. I think they look really good. Jalen Hurts is proving a lot of people wrong because I saw him last year in the playoffs against the Buccaneers, and I thought he looked not good at all. But that happens sometimes when you're playing a really great defense. The Buccaneers had a great defense. The, and the Eagles also did not have a great receiving core. So what do they do? They bring in A.J. Brown. Now he's got A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Jaquez Watkins. He's got real weapons around him, and the dude looks like he's taking a step up. Now, the test we're going to see this week is can he do it against an elite defense? Because the Cowboys have an elite defense. They've got a dude who you have to double team at all times. Michael Parsons, if you do not double team him, he is going to introduce himself to your quarterback. No way around it. There's no way around it. The dude is leading the NFL in wins per rush. He gets wherever he wants to get all the time. And it doesn't have to be him getting there and hitting your quarterback. It's him getting there, which makes your quarterback worry about him getting there the next time again, 
right? He's always putting the quarterback under pressure. And what does that do? It allows Trayvon Diggs, who isn't the greatest corner, to look a lot better because the pass rush is there to help him out. They've got Demarcus Lawrence. Same thing. That dude, you double-team Michael Parsons, D-Law is getting one-on-one. He's going to win. He's he's an above-average defensive end. He's playing like a, a all-pro defensive end. So now you've got a dope defense who offense is playing ball control offense, which is what I've been begging the Cowboys to do all the time, even with Dak in there. I hate the Cowboys, but I'm just a practical fan, right? I can look at a good situation for a team and say, yo, you guys would win if you did X. And for the Cowboys to win— X is stop treating Dak Prescott like he's Patrick Mahomes just because you paid him like he's Patrick Mahomes. He is an average, he's an above average quarterback. He is not the dude you give the ball and say, go make this happen for us. He is a dude who at times, if you need it, you can dial up and have him give you a little extra something because he's mobile and he has a good arm. But it should never be the game plan to go in saying, Dak Dak Prescott, take us to these wins every game. That's what they say with Patrick Mahomes. That's what they say with Josh Allen. That's what they say with Lamar Jackson. That's what they say with Tom Brady. That's what they say with Aaron Rodgers. He is none of those guys. You need to have more around him. You have to have a balanced game, and you have to run the ball and allow your defense to hold time of possession, allow your defense to keep field position. And the Cowboys weren't doing that whenever Dak was in there. So hopefully now with this Cooper Rush experiment, when Dak comes back, they will do that. And I think they're a, I think they're a Super Bowl team if they play within their their means within the confines of what they have if they use everything the way it's supposed to go. So we're going to see a real test here because Cooper Rush has never had to win a game in all these this 5-0 start where he's had to get over 17 points. Nobody has tested them to 17 to more than 17 points. So the guy's able to go out there and just play safe ball. Don't put the ball in harm's way. Take what the defense gives you. Run the ball. And if you watch the games closely, as you know most people usually don't, but if you watch, that dude ain't a Ain't calling no audibles. There, literally, he goes to the line. They give him the play. He runs the play. There is no changing. Now, the one thing that Dak was doing a lot was Dak has the freedom because he's getting paid forty-five to fifty million dollars to change any play he wants. Cooper Rush ain't got that kind of leverage. Cooper Rush got to go out there and do what the coach says, or Cooper Rush gonna be rushing his ass up out of Dallas. Okay, so. We're going to see a perfect storm of what's going on here. The Eagles' defense is really good. Not as good as the Cowboys, but it's really good. Are they going to make Cooper Rush have to actually be a participant in this game? Are they going to make him have to complete third downs? Because they are not good on third down. Why? Because their quarterback is just average. They've been bad on third downs. Can they score the requisite amount of points to win a game when another offense can put up some points? Is the Cowboy defense going to show that Jalen Hurts isn't really as good as we think he is. This There's so much stuff going to this. The, co- the quarterback controversy. What happens? If they win this game against the Eagles, Cooper Rush mania is going to be at an all-time high. Dak, what are they going to do with Dak? Even though he's the better player, people still have in their mind, oh, well, we won, we won, we, we, we keep winning, we, we can't change it up. You absolutely can change it up. Put in the best players. LeBron James gets hurt and the Lakers win 10 in a row. You think LeBron's coming back and they ain't putting him in the game? What kind of sense would that make, <laughs> right? Like Aaron Rodgers gets hurt and the Packers win five games and the, you you think they're going to keep Jordan Love in there when Aaron Rodgers is healthy? No, nobody in their right mind does that. And, no, and nobody in the Cowboys is doing that. 
What is happening is Jerry Jones is doing like I called him last week. He is the Kanye West of the NFL. He is saying and doing anything to get y'all to keep on watching and keep paying attention to the Cowboys and keep on putting dollars in his pocket. He's a mastermind at it. More power to him. But please miss me with this Cooper Rush should be starting over Dak Prescott, and there's a quarterback controversy. There ain't no controversy. Only controversy is y'all lost your damn mind. Dak Prescott needs to start when he's healthy, and I don't know who I'm taking in this game, but we'll find out in Reggie's Picks up next. Uh, uh, I love this music. It just sounds like something big is coming. And what's big that's coming? Reggie's Picks, baby. Reggie's Picks, I'm giving you money here. Just take the money. I know last week I lost y'all some money. I, I mean, everybody lost y'all money last week. Don't just put it on me, right? It was a terrible week in football. Hell, Green Bay lost to the damn Giants in London. Who expected that? That, that was one of my locks, right? But this week I got you. And what I'm going to do this week, Kevin, we're going to cut the games down, okay? Because I'm, I'm, I'm exposing myself too much here. I'm exposing myself too much. People will be ridiculing me and say, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. So I'm only picking four, okay? I'm going to pick four, and we're going to see how we do on these four. Right. So I want you to give me the ones that make, you know, that stand out, the games that we care about, that we that we want to know. Give me the points. Let me know. And I'm going to give you all some money right now. Reggie's picks coming at you. Kevin, what we got? All right. So, yeah, there are very few interesting games this week. So uh, we'll start with Baltimore at the Giants. Mm. Everyone's talking about this. I don't know why, but uh, Giants are getting five and a half at home. Giants plus five and a half at home. Why is everybody talking about this? Because the Giants are the worst four and one team in the history of the NFL. Not in the history. I'm sure there's other teams who are 4-1. You're like, why the hell are they 4-1? Because sometimes things just break, right? The sun shines on a dog's ass every once in a while, right? A broken broken clock is right two times a day. That's what they say, right? All the the tropes. Um, Lamar got to win this game, okay? (laughs) There's no way around it. You got to win this game. They squeaked one out last week against the Bengals, you know what I'm saying? But you cannot come here and lose... Man, I'm see. I was saying to you earlier, Kevin. Uh, Cooper Rush is is that's the Jimmy G starter starter uh, the starter you know the, the the starter pack right? Daniel Jones has all the Jimmy G starter stuff going too. They he just wins, baby, and it don't look good. He 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 looks average. Can't he is inaccurate. He he can th- he can run a little bit, but but then he you know just fumbles the ball, throws interception. Just not really good, but Lamar got to win this game. <laughs> There's no other way around it because if you lose this game, oh, Lord, I'm going to hear about it all week. I'm going to hear about Lamar couldn't beat Daniel Jones, and it ain't going to be because Daniel Jones did anything. It's because Lamar couldn't beat the defense, who is actually pretty good for the Giants. I mean, hell, the Ravens' old defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale, is with the Giants now, so I'm telling you, I'm assuring, he knows a little something about Lamar and the Ravens. That being said, I don't think they have enough to do anything with it. They don't have a pass rush. And when you don't have a pass rush against Lamar Jackson, game over. It, 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 you, you, it, the only way they lose this game is if Lamar comes out and just is boo-boo. And we know that's not going to be the case because he's raised every stat this year from last year. He's a better completion percentage, more yardage per completion, more touchdowns. He's doing what he's supposed to do. I'm taking the Ravens here, minus five and a half. Book it. All right. Uh, next week six matchup here. We got Buffalo at Kansas City. 
So this might actually be a good game. Kansas City is actually getting two and a half at home. This is, man, they're telling you what they think of these two teams right now, right? Because usually, I mean, it's a good game. They had the, the, the game last year, right, where it came down to the final 13 seconds. Patrick Mahomes got the ball, led them down there to win the game and get them to the AFC Championship game. Um, Kansas City Chiefs do not have the same team from last year. It's a different team. What are they missing? Uh, maybe the best receiver in football in Tyreek Hill, right? That is the difference. And you saw it. You've been seeing it every week. Patrick Mahomes is having to find other ways to win these games. The games are tighter. Um, you know, the defense isn't that great. And they're playing against a really good offense with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and McKenzie and Davis and Singletary. Man, they're coming. I mean, Knox, they're bringing the house to Kansas City. And I don't know if Kansas City's defense is well enough to stop them. I mean, hell, they just gave up 29 points to the Raiders last week, right? With Derek Carr's average ass. So you got Josh Allen coming in here. And the the, the Chiefs, I just don't know about on offense if they have enough for that Buffalo defense. Now, Buffalo is missing Michael, uh, I think it's Micah, Michael, Micah Hyde, their, uh, their safety is out for the season. I think he uh, messed up his knee, so he's done. So they're a little compromised on defense, on the back end of the defense, where Patrick Mahomes is going to operate. But the problem is, all they're going to do is play zone. And they got Von Miller to get in there and get after the quarterback. They're going to play zone. They're not going to really blitz him. They're going to sit back and make him dink and dunk with a bunch of receivers who are dink and dunk receivers. So... I think it could be a good game, but I would not be surprised if the Bills win this by like a touchdown or more. They're just a better team. and But what's going to happen is everybody's going to rush to that. This is the part I hate about it, Kevin. They're going to win this game, and the rush to judgment afterwards is going to be Josh Allen is the greatest quarterback in the NFL when, slow down, he's just really good. We don't have to take it so far right away. We don't need the hyperbole. Just let the season play out. Uh, he's it, it, Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback in the NFL right now. He's the answer. That is it. But I'm taking the Bills minus two and a half. You should too. Next. All right. And we touched on this earlier, but I guess America is going to call this the uh, game of the uh, week. Dallas yeah. at Philadelphia. Yeah. And I gave all the reasons and, and all the stuff why it's, it's a great game. It's compelling because, you know, you got to see if Jalen Hurts can actually make something happen. You got to see if the Dallas defense can stop the Eagles offense, which has been hitting on all cylinders. Not really so much last week. They cost me my parlay by only winning my three points. Um, but we are going to find out if this Cooper Rush thing is a thing or not, right? The Eagles are going to dial up some pressure on him, make him have to be a participant in the game. There's a lot of storylines going on here. Dak, is he going to play or is he not going to play? I personally think they're going to keep going with Cooper Rush because America loves to go with the hot hand. And, you know, the backup quarterback, he's winning. He just wins, baby. Jimmy G starter, starter pack. I'm taking the Eagles. It's Eagles. I believe it's plus five and a half. It's uh, minus four and a half. So they got oh, to win by close to a touchdown. It came down. Yeah. Oh, wow. So minus four and a half. Yo, I think the Eagles are five points better than the Cowboys. I really think they are. I don't think Cooper Rush is going to be able to make the things happen they need to do. And it's it's where? It's in Philadelphia? In Philly. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Take Philly uh, minus four and a half and look for the game. See if it gets even lower. We'll see if it drops. If it drops to four, three and a half. Oh, my God. Take the Eagles. Gotta love those Philly fans. Not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, finally on week six, uh, Monday Night Football, Denver at the Chargers. Chargers minus four and a half. 
man, this is... Only reason I really want to touch on this game is because it's a divisional game, but it's also another nationally televised game where we're going to see Russell Wilson. And this is not good for the Russell Wilson brand. <laughs> this He's been on national TV. Hell, I was in Denver for the game against... Uh, uh, who, who was the it? Niners. Not, not, yeah. Gaming's the Niners, right? They had the, the opening Monday night game against the Seahawks where they lost and he looked like trash. I was there for Sunday against the Niners. And then they played the, the Thursday night game that was maybe the worst game in the history of Thursday night games. Uh, what was that? What was, we didn't have a touchdown that week, right? It was the Broncos and who, who they play? Um, it's, it's escaping me. Awful game. Amazon and, and, and your boy Jeff... Bezos, they got to be angry as hell at the NFL. They just gave them the trashiest of trash games. Hell, we had another stinker last night. I think the Chargers are just a better team. They have a better quarterback. Their coach is better. Yeah, actually, we talked about this, and they're starting to be grumbles. I'm hearing it right now. Just call me a prophet if you want to. I said this. I don't think Brandon Staley makes it out of this year as the coach of the Chargers. He's listening to the headlines, listening to the noise, going for it on fourth down when he shouldn't, going for it on fourth down when he's sh- not going for it when he should. He's all over the place. You got team teammates calling him out. Hell, Keenan, Keenan Allen called him out from home. He was on Twitter talking about what the hell are we doing when they went for it. They went for it on fourth down instead of kicking the extra point. Yo, I don't think he's going to make it, but I think he's better than, than Coach, Coach Hack right over in Denver. So... I'm taking the Chargers and Justin Herbert and just not having much faith in Russell Wilson because I don't know if anybody really likes that guy on that team and he's not looking good and I don't know how they get better. So take the Chargers. That's Reggie's Picks. And this has been I'm Probably Right. Rate us, review us, subscribe, comment, but please don't be hating. My man Kevin Cleveland's running the show, engineering, producing. Thank you so much. We'll see you all next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.